0: Hello everyone, welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks for joining us. I am Angela Buckland, and as always, I'm beyond excited to host today's episode. Today we are interviewing Pastor Joel Goddard, who is the lead worship pastor here at Bethlehem Church. Pastor Joel, welcome to Beyond Sunday. We are so excited to have you.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: This is so awesome. Uh, we're t- today, we're just going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about your thoughts on worship, um, kind of what's important to you as the lead worship pastor and what you are trying to guide us as a people, as a church, um, and, and, and into a deeper relationship with God through worship. So to start off, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Let's tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, um, <clears throat> I grew up in Dekula, Georgia. Uh, small town, grew up on a chicken farm um, and very tight knit community, um, really uh, got a really great foundation in the Bible growing up in that area, um, did not even consider ministry until way later on. Um, and it really just saw God do a lot of things in my life, or senior year of high school, freshman year, a lot of things in college where uh, God just began to mold and turn my heart away from any type of uh, performance and more into leading people in worship just mm. because of my own experiences. And, um, you know, being at Bethlehem, been here for 14 years, um, it's been an incredible thing to see what God has done from the very beginning. Uh, all the way to now, uh, the growth, Mm -hmm. the changes of even how our worship uh, is done, um, even execution of worship, and then uh, the organizational side and things like that. So it's been an incredible ride. Yeah,
0: you've Uh, had sort of this front row seat of seeing kind of the all the changes that have occurred, mm -hmm. and and how Bethlehem, the church and the worship has sort of evolved Mm -hmm. over those years. So Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, we're all kind of learning together (laughs) as
0: we go. (laughs) Yes.
1: I I don't ever. I I always say I I don't know that I can really tell anybody what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at telling people what not to do. (laughs) Um, I've just learned by doing it wrong uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, I I do want to say this. I think it's important that people listen to this podcast right now. There's somebody on a treadmill right now. There's somebody running on the road right now. There's somebody fixing breakfast, uh, trying to uh, get kids around. Uh, There's somebody, um, maybe uh, this is the last thing you do before you go to bed. And when it comes to worship, the thing that I don't want to happen is for people to separate what you're doing right now from what worship is, right. that if you are on that treadmill at the YMCA, you are worshiping. Just yeah. talk to somebody this week uh, that led someone th- that was led to the Lord at the YMCA. Mm. So the, that is worship. This is a lifestyle thing. But I think what we when we talk about Sunday, it's that when we all get to come together right, uh, shoulder to shoulder and lift up the name Jesus, that's that moment where we're doing. There's only a few things that you do on earth that will still doing heaven and worship is one of them Mm. and when i say worship i'm not talking about just the lifestyle part but standing together singing lifting up the name jesus Mm -hmm. um and none of the songs will be about us anymore Mm. that's the cool thing about when we get to heaven (laughs) is there won't be any more my life is this but jesus it's just all going to be jesus which that's going to be fun Mm -hmm. so
0: that's awesome Mm. So what would you, kind of in line with that, what would you say to help or encourage someone who is new to worship or uncomfortable with outward expressions of (laughs) worship?
1: Well, first I would say I totally understand. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I grew up in a uh, a traditional Baptist church. Um, There was a lady in our church that would lift her hands. And I thought she was crazy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and people have heard me tell this story in the past, but it really does describe that process I went through. Um, I won't say her name, but she, uh, certain songs, there'd be certain moments where the spirit of God would just hit her and she would lift her hands. Mm -hmm. And so I started asking around, I asked my mom and dad, why does she lift her hands in the air while we're singing? And there really wasn't much of an answer. Um, and so I really left that conversation thinking, well, she is, she's crazy. <laughs> so I went uh, when I went to college. I had a man encourage me to begin to read through and memorize as much of the Book of Psalms as possible, mm. because it's all the music in the right. Bible. If you're going to be a musician, you should at least know all of that. Yes. And then I got to Psalm 63, where it says, "I will lift up holy hands in the sanctuary," Uh-oh. and that's the moment where I <laughs> shut the Bible and went. That woman wasn't crazy. (laughs) And then I thought, well, what else is in here that I don't know? And And I will say this to everyone listening. It still doesn't make it easier. You know, there mm-hmm. are those times I, I've, I've always questioned, uh, you know, out of all the things God could say for us to do in worship as far as physically, right. like why stick your hands in the air? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Mm-hmm. And I think there there is a process you have to go through to not care what people around you think mm-hmm. to stick your hands in the air, especially right. if there may be not uh, other people around you doing that. And what I found, there are three things I think when it comes to even just that one thing of lifting my hands is, uh, Lord, I surrender, Mm -hmm. Lord, I receive. um, And uh, uh, one of them is just, Daddy, pick me up. Mm -hmm. You know, I need you to. So when my hands are up, those are the things, surrender, receive, or pick me up. Mm -hmm. And so those are those Mm -hmm. things in worship. So I understand people, you know, you may have not even been in church before, And what I have found is that people who did not grow up in church have an easier time engaging in worship. Yes. You did. You, it's not ingrained in you to sit still and not do anything until the service is over. And then you go home. Uh, There's a sense of, Oh, so the Bible says to do this well let's do this you know um, and but here's the deal on the other side of that what happens is people will begin to feel like well I must not really love Jesus that much because I don't lift my hands right. I don't get on my knees and that's where we fail people on the other side of that mm. uh, the way I look at it is it is your choice mm-hmm. here's what it says here's what the Bible says you have a choice right. I don't ever lead worship serve people going who's worshiping and who's not because of how they're worshiping outwardly uh, because it always is an inward thing. I've seen people extravagantly physically worship God and thought to myself, I don't think I don't think that's. (laughs) <laughs> That's the Lord. And so you there, there yes. are all, t- yeah. so God is the one who judges the heart. Right, but I right. think the people who do struggle with that, all I would say is do it by yourself at home, mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. it a practice to yeah. worship the Lord. The way the Bible says at home with nobody else That's around, great. it makes it easier when other people are around because it makes you go, Lord, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about my right or my left. Mm-hmm. I'm here to worship you. And so mm-hmm. let your worship come from your your own personal relationship with the Lord, your own worship relationship with the Lord That's privately. Awesome.
0: That's really good. So our church has a variety of people at different stages in their journey. That's one of the things that I love about Bethlehem Church. And I know, yeah, I mm-hmm. know you do too. So many different people at a different, at different stages in their journey from the brand new seeker to the seasoned believer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some ways that you personally try to connect with the people that you're trying to reach and trying to kind of gently nudge towards God?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Um, I think a lot of relationships that I have with people at our church, if they don't know me that well, the expectation is I'm going to go right into worship, and uh, uh, it's going to go into some ministerial conversation. Right.
0: Very serious. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I found that I have to, and I'm I tend to be uh, more of an intense personality mm-hmm. anyway. So like <laughs> me too. I, yeah, it's Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. But like I I, I found that really. To be able to connect with people is just to meet people where they are and right. to love them and to care what they have to say um, to just the, I think um, a lot of times when people uh, I just don't take myself that seriously. Yeah. And so if somebody wants to talk to me, it's not because they want to know me. It's because they want me to know them. Mm. And that's the way I look at it. Is yeah. I, when, so when someone comes up, I want to know you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's it really draws people in. And that kind of connection and relationship causes people to want to um, hear other things and ask more questions or thoughts on God, thoughts on worship, thoughts on marriage and, and decisions, financial decisions. All these things right. come from just that personal thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of the things. I do with our band yeah like uh, uh, actually I just met with a guy yesterday one of our musicians or worship players just an incredible guy he's like just I would consider him to be one of my uh, closest friends mm-hmm. and he, he said the thing that he loves most about Bethlehem is that we we spend more time training our people to go out and minister and love people and connect with them than we do on how good the music is. Mm -hmm. We, Mm -hmm. We spend very little. Yes, we work. Yes, we expect it to be good. But the conversation is more about get out there and minister to people. We're not going to right. be green room musicians, right. and that really has been. A, I think that's what makes us who we are: yes. is that we don't that people actually are connecting with us, and that platform is not so people can see us as higher. Right, we're all in this together.
0: Yeah. I see that too. I see that you guys, as a team, you're you're connecting with people during the worship service, I, you know, I see that you're, you're connecting with, uh, folks as they're worshiping and feeling kind of being led by the Holy spirit to connect with certain needs that may be out mm-hmm. there. And then even after, before and after the service, you guys are out here connecting with, you know, mm-hmm. with, with people. So I see that, uh, you know, overall. So mm-hmm. it's really, really cool to witness. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the worship team, uh, what would you say are the strengths? Of our Bethlehem worship team that you mm. lead?
1: Um, I would say uh, humility. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that there are no egos. Yeah.
0: Cause I want to stop and I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, that's but okay. they are the, some, you guys are some of the most incredibly talented musicians, but I get the impression that that's not all there is to it. No.
1: So. And I would say that, uh, I mean, there, there, there are uh, certain people that play with us that could go anywhere mm-hmm. and play anywhere right for anybody right. Uh, but I think what really makes uh, is, is that we have worshiping musicians yes that their heart is to play the guitar before the Lord not mm-hmm. to uh, play before people mm-hmm. but when you play before the Lord God ministers to the people mm-hmm. when you play for people it, it gets too confusing. And right. that's that's the difference. And I don't think there's anything wrong with performance. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't at right. all. I don't, I'm not saying anything negative about that. I'm just saying when it comes to worship, the attention needs to go on Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it does not mean you have to pull back your talent. Right. You can play excellently, but your heart turned towards the Lord. And mm-hmm. that's what makes these guys powerful. Yeah. And biblically, uh, it's all backed up. There are times mm-hmm. where a king would ask for a musician to come and play over him so that he could hear from God. Mm-hmm. It would ease an evil spirit uh, many times in scripture. So that's the power of it, not just being a worship leader leading with a bunch of musicians who can play well. It's a worship team ministering. And here's one of the things I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, sometimes people take this, <laughs> could take this the wrong way. Okay. All right. But I tell people, we do not ask for people to come and be on this team so that we can minister to them. Right. We ask for people to come and be on this team so that we can minister to the people. Right. So we don't minister. This is not so we can and we do. We we're there there is a lot of ministry and loving each sure. other, but the focus are the people coming, not the team. Right. And so song selection doesn't matter what mm. you think. That's good. We're picking songs based off the stories that we're hearing from people. And that That's why we're not in the green room. Mm-hmm. We're out there connecting with people. So when we're hearing these stories, then we go, that song's going to minister because I've talked to three people who are going through this. That means there's a whole lot more going through that. So it that's helps so you connect people to what's going on. And it, and it really does um, uh, create an environment where there's a lot of uh, love. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of grace. There's a lot of mercy. But there's also just a, there's like a, hey, we're going to battle together. Right. You know, this is not a um, performance thing. This is a let's go and minister to these people. I, I, one of the things I've said to any of you that know Shevis, one of the um, girls that leads worship mm-hmm. at Bethlehem, is that when that girl sings, chains fall off of yes. people. Yeah. Uh, there's such a powerful anointing on her voice. And I'm always blown away. I, I enjoy watching what God does when she does that. Mm-hmm. We have a few people like that. I see it even with uh, one of our guitarists, Andrew. Mm-hmm. He has just, I mean, in the last couple of years, began to turn this incredible talent, but taking his heart and, and doing it before the Lord. Right. And you see God begin to minister to mm-hmm. people. And uh, And I think that's what makes us really, really good at what we do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. So, you know, my, one of my questions was Is there a type of worship music that you feel best represents Bethlehem? But I don't, I think that's kind of the wrong question. I feel yeah. like, I mean, I feel like you guys are taking all kinds of different styles and different varieties of worship music and it's just, it's really the heart behind mm-hmm. the songs
1: yeah because I grew up on hymns, so we still do hymns. yeah yeah
0: um,
1: <clears throat> I love the new any of the new praise music mm-hmm. um, but I, I even like the new album uh, that we're gonna begin to start releasing here yes. soon we're gonna uh, for anybody a lot of you have been asking about it and we're, it'll be we're gonna release two songs at a time and then awesome. we're gonna do a night of worship and we're gonna have some fun with it but I would say even our album Album uh, has a different sound and flavor to it than even some of the worship songs that we do. So now we've created another sound Mm -hmm. that we're doing. So I've never been much bound by a a style. Yeah. But I think part of it is because I was born and raised in Decatur, Georgia, but my degree is in opera. That's
0: awesome.
1: So that's like
0: (laughs) that's pretty well rounded. That's the whole gamut.
1: And don't think I enjoyed it. (laughs) I, I, I acquired a taste for it. Right. But it was, you know, so I, I've, I've learned to uh, appreciate all kinds of music because yeah. of that, you know.
0: That's incredible. That's a great example. <laughs> so, the next, our, our final question is uh, in choosing what worship songs you guys play, there is so much to consider when you think about, like we've mentioned, the age groups, the variety, uh, the different levels of faith that we have of people here in our church. Mm-hmm. So what is what is that thing that you look for in a song um, that will help church, our church worship together and draw closer to God? Mm, OK,
1: man, I wish we had more time. All right, So <laughs> we save the best for last. I maybe. know you should ask me this first. <laughs> All right. First thing. It's got to be anointed. Mm. It can't Mm. be good. Now
0: explain that. What does anointed mean?
1: Anointed means Christ. Okay. I mean, the word actually means Christ. Mm -hmm. Like you can just tell uh, Chloe, one of the girls that sings Mm -hmm. with us, she Mm -hmm. is anointed. Mm. She opens her mouth. God moves. It's like God's waiting on her to minister mm. and he, he begins to move there's an anointing on that um, I, I feel like I'm anointed in evangelism mm-hmm. I, I'm anointed to when I lead worship when I sing when I speak it draws people in to want to know Jesus it's just how God created me everybody's got but like when it comes to a song I've heard a lot of great songs yeah but it's not anointed, so it gets moved to the side. It doesn't gotcha. stir. It doesn't draw. <clears throat> Another thing mm-hmm. is, and please don't take this the wrong way. You've been warned. I know. <laughs> the, I look for songs that men would sing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Because I really believe that if you can draw men to want to sing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it'll draw them to want to worship, which will draw the family. I so love it. So I'm not... Saying women don't matter, right? But I'm saying that I've just it's been in my experience that if we can, so I pick songs that men would do. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I I tend to not do fluffy songs, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, gooey songs to (laughs) Jesus stuff, uh, Jesus cakes, you know. I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't don't pick songs like that. Not saying there's anything wrong with (laughs) them. personally, I listen to some of those in my own private time with the Lord, sure, but. When it comes to our congregation, there are specific men mm-hmm. and some of these men at our church know who I'm talking about that I think <laughs> would he sing this song? That's so good. And so I, I think like that to draw people in to go, all right, if he'll sing it because i don't we don't have a problem with the women.
0: Right. Right.
1: Wanting to engage. Yeah. It's the men. So that's why I want to, to draw them in that way. So I love it.
0: I appreciate that because I know my husband wouldn't sing Jesus cake. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a really good. Yeah. I, I love that that you put that kind of criteria in there, you know, to consider because you do. You have to. You have mm. to as a leader, as a pastor, it's not always what you want. It's what your people yes. need.
1: And so here's the last thing on that, is, um For the longest time, and anybody has been here for seven or eight years, there was a time where every week I did all new songs, Mm -hmm. Um, totally um, pure-hearted in the whole thing. But we'd hear another song, go, we're going to do that next Sunday. We just loved the songs coming out. We were doing them. And what I realized is that we created an environment where people, they love the music, but when you listen to it one time Mm -hmm. and it's all new music the next week, nobody was singing. Yeah. And so I wanted to give people at least an opportunity to know the songs well enough to sing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people say that visit our church is they can't believe how loud people sing. Mm. And it's because we as musicians and as the worship team decided to get out of the way yeah. and quit worrying about how, how many times we've done this song and said to ourselves, because you're kind of fooling yourself if you think that everybody's listening to these songs all week. Most people aren't. Right. So we give people an opportunity by doing the same songs all the time. Mm-hmm. That by Usually what happens is after about six weeks of the same song, mm-hmm. somebody will go, hey, that new song. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> <was> like, new? <laughs> We've been doing that for six weeks. But right. they're just starting to hear it, and mm-hmm. that's, that's important. So when I pick a song, mm-hmm. I think to myself, Do I want to do this for six weeks?
0: Right. So that's
1: also part of the criteria is no, that song, I would not want to do that for six weeks. So that's part of the reason we do that is creating an environment where people have an opportunity to sing. Mm -hmm. And then maybe those words cause their hearts to turn towards the Lord and be able to worship.
0: Right. Well, Pastor Joel, thank you so much for your time. This has been a true pleasure, and I've enjoyed our conversation so much. So thank you again, and be blessed. And we will be back again in a couple of weeks here at Beyond Sunday. Take care.